The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, it's uh, 337 on the 630 Chad Afternoon News. It is Monday, time for another edition of The The Hoot. Hoot with Rob Roach, the director of Insight Economics and Research over there at ATB Financial. Hey, Rob. Good afternoon, Jaylen. How are you? Good. How are things down there? Pretty good. Good. Let's talk about uh, Alberta's labor market. What's going on? Well, you know, we're always following the, the latest trends in the labor market, but um, we thought we'd take a bit of a, a step back from the day-to-day stuff and, and get a bit of a longer-term view. And when we did that, there's a number of things that really stand out. And the first one is just how powerful Alberta's economy is in terms of producing jobs. Like, we're a real engine job creation. And if you go back if you go back 10 years or even further like we did, we've been about 40 years to 1976, we've grown um, the number of jobs in Alberta has grown by an average of 2.5% every year since that time. Whereas in the rest of Canada, it's been 1.5%. And you might say, well, that's only a 1% or 1 percentage point difference. But it actually adds up. And if we had grown at the same rate uh, as, as the rest of the country, 1.5% annual increase in jobs, there'd be 736,000 hmm. fewer jobs in Alberta today. And of course, all the other activity and, and, and people and, and things that go along with that. So we really have outperformed the rest of the country, and it's a huge, um, something we should, be, we should be proud of, because it's not just for Albertans, but all the people that have moved here over the years from around the country and around the world, and taken those sort of extra jobs, um, you know, it's a real benefit for the country. You know, Rob, uh, it, it goes farther than that, right? I And I know, I understand when we talk about job creation in Alberta, of course, you know, that's an important statistic. But I think about how I ended up in Alberta. I sold oil field casing to oil companies in Alberta for for five years. And that mill in Sault Ste. Marie was at capacity putting that pipe out, employing thousands of people for a product that only went to Alberta. <laughs> so it's it's more than just the jobs that are created in this province, the effect that this engine has on the rest of the country. Yeah, and as we've talked about on, on the hoot before, Alberta's economy, you know, it's a large, uh, strong economy. Um, ups and downs, of course, but overall a large, strong economy. We buy lots of stuff from other parts of, of Canada, which, of course, makes uh, it easier for jobs to be created across the country. So definitely that the, the ripple effect out from our oil and gas sector, which is really what's driving um, this sort of outperforming the rest of the country. We've got a lot of things going for us here in Alberta. I love Alberta. We've got tourism, we've got agriculture, we've got entrepreneurs. But without oil and gas, we would, wouldn't have been performing um, at the level that we have and the, the level that we do. And that's what kind of gets us to that next level. Well, and the recession kind of really drove that home too. It was like a, a big smackdown. Well, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, when the recession hit, we can look at one factor, which was the oil, the oil sector. And when prices plummeted, uh, you know, the sector had to shed jobs, and then construction went down, manufacturing went down. And as Andrew pointed out, that hurt people across the country mm-hmm. who um, you know, depend on that oil sector. And so that's what has made that, that difference. Um, and it's the difference you know, going forward as well. So is it just oil and gas that's made us that uh, powerful engine? Well, this is where, you know, it is important to stress that there's, there is a lot of good things going on in the Alberta economy. Um, you know, we do have a big agricultural sector. We do have uh, strong um, manufacturing. 
But as we often note, because it's important to do so, that manufacturing is linked to the oil and gas sector. And even oil and gas helps our farmers because often you know, they're able to get a little extra income if there's a gas well, for example, on their property or some exploration taking place. So even though you know, we, oil and gas isn't the only game in town by far in Alberta, it is that, that, that factor that takes us from maybe growing at the, the average rate to growing at that extra, um, extra strong rate that we've seen over the years. You know, putting those two thoughts together, and I know as an economist, uh, you don't want to wade into the political uh, end of things, but putting those two thoughts together that we are an economic engine for the country, that it is heavily based upon the oil and gas industry, is that a story that maybe we just haven't told well enough to Eastern Canada or perhaps to our neighbors to the West? I think we always need to be telling this story. It's one of the reasons these numbers jumped out um, from from this research is, you know, we do a lot for the rest of the country. Um, and, and it's great for Alberta, too. I mean, we're you know, economic growth is good for us here. But it does mean, if, you know, all those folks I think about in Atlantic Canada and other parts of the country said, you know what, I'd like to uh, get a job, so they moved here to Alberta over the years. I mean, that's something we should be proud of. And I do think we try to tell the story. It's just people's lives are busy, other priorities get in the, get in the way. So it's worth reminding our friends around the country that, uh, you know, oil and gas is good. It's a good source of job creation, and that's good for Canadians. Absolutely. So now the recession... And, and by the way, I remember when you guys over at ATB didn't want to call it a recession. <laughs> but it became one. Is it over, and, and have we recovered? Well, you know, we... <laughs> We didn't want to use the word recession, and now we're not trying. We're not we're trying not to use the word recovery too much. <laughs> you know, you didn't want to jump into damn uh, our words. Saying a recession's happening before it's happening because it becomes self-fulfilling. But we definitely went through one, 2015 and 16, two painful years of contraction, and the numbers are in. StatsCan uh, just released uh, last week, in fact, uh, the, the official numbers for 2017. We did grow in terms of GDP by 4.9 percent, so a real uh, return to growth. Now we're still catching up. This is the other uh, part of the story is we're not, our GDP is not back to where it was even in 2014. But it is growing again, so the recession is over. And the reason we're trying to avoid the word recovery is it doesn't feel like that to everybody. A recovery sort of sounds like everything's getting back to, to normal mm-hmm. and feeling great. There's still a lot of people uh, out of work, a lot of people whose RSPs um, got used up to get through the recession, whose credit cards are maxed out whose mortgages might be coming due and, and interest rates are up. So there's still a lot of pain, and we're definitely not seeing um, a boom. And that means, you know, in terms of recovery, we're not getting back to where we were sort of in rapid fashion. It's more of an evolution towards a better situation, but one that's not going to feel like it did in 2014. So what are the actual numbers for unemployment in Alberta, where where were we with the most recent numbers, and how did that compare to other provinces? Well, the good news is, um, as of as of March, and we'll get new numbers on on this Friday. But as of March, our unemployment rate was down to six point six percent, and that's compared to it, it peaked in November of twenty sixteen at nine percent. Mm. And again, those differences in percentage points translates into tens of thousands of unemployed people. Um, but 6.6% by Alberta standards, that's pretty high. Yeah. It's still higher than anywhere in the country other than the four Atlantic provinces. So still high, 
in terms of what we're used to here in Alberta. You know, take a second with that, Rob. Mm. That's quite a number. Uh, you know, even adjusted for Alberta, as you say, it's a high number for Alberta, even at 6.6. But that 9% was the unemployment in Alberta. That's mm-hmm. historically got to be unheard of. I believe it was the highest uh, monthly number since the 1980s. Wow. And on average, last year, our unemployment rate was the first time that the annual average was higher than the country as a whole, um, I think since the early 90s in that recession. So it has been a long time since we've been at the opposite end of, of, of the country on this. Now, the Atlantic provinces are, are, have higher unemployment, but everywhere else, uh, B.C. right through to Quebec, um, unemployment rate a little bit lower than it is here in Alberta. And that's not, you know, as an engine of job growth, it shows how much the recession has left a hangover uh, yes. as we continue to kind of work our way out of it. And, and you know, I, I, I apologize if you said it and I missed it, but would that be adjusted for workers who had left? Uh, you know, when we talk about 6.6% in March, a lot of people didn't stick around. They went back to the Maritimes or Saskatchewan. So our labor force would have been reduced, and still we were recording 6.6% unemployment. It definitely would have been higher. We did lose, I mean, some people have um, packed up and went home to other places uh, as the economy shrank. But what was different about this recession is that didn't take place at the level it has um, like it did in the 1980s. A lot of people in Alberta who lost their job did stay, stayed in the labor market and and were looking for work. So participation rate didn't plummet. and the reason for that, we think, is, of course, uh, people didn't see a lot of other opportunities mm-hmm. around the country. B.C. was doing well, but there was only so many jobs to go around there as well. So a lot of people did stay. But you're right that the, the unemployment rate would be even higher if, if everyone had stayed and, and not gone back home. Hmm. So why do we give a hoot about all of this, Rob? Well, I think one of the big reasons is what, uh, what Andrew mentioned, which is we need to be sharing this story and proud of our contribution we've made um, and that hopefully we'll continue to make in the country. And I think, uh, you know, the other, uh, the other reason to give a hoop, we bring it up a lot on this show, is that even though we are in, re- I'll use the word recovery, we are out of the recession, that does not mean everybody is doing just fine. Mm-hmm. We need to sort of look to our neighbors and make sure we're uh, looking after them as well. All right, Rob Roach from ATB Financial this afternoon. Rob, next week, same time? Same time, but with Mr. Totters. All right, go. sounds good. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, bye-bye. Shout out to Kira and TJ listening in Summerside this afternoon. It's been a while since we've heard from them. Great to hear that they're doing well. It's 3.50 on the uh, 6.30 Chad afternoon news. Let's go to the phone. Hello, who's this? Adele. Hey, Adele, what's going on? Yes, I was hoping I could uh, catch you guys before the guy before me was on the phone because I had a question here. It's just the same question. I'm going to ask it to you and then I'll go. Okay. Sure. Okay, I worked in the oil sands before when things were good, were great. We were all making money. Everybody was happy. Since 2008, that's where everything went going downhill. Now, I'm not in the oil sands no more. I own my own business in Edmonton. My question to the gentleman was, and to you guys, you can find somebody to answer that. Why do we have a recession in Alberta? Right now, Ontario is booming. 
So why do we have a recession now in Alberta? Is it because... Well, because the price of oil dropped to 20 bucks a barrel. Yeah, the mainstay of the Ontario uh, economy is manufacturing, and the mainstay of the Alberta economy is oil production. Okay. So it wasn't because, like, Alberta got caught up in the oil sand on all the new projects that they were building. Does this have anything to say with, with, with with the, like, Besides the oil price went down? That's my question. That's the key. Well, I guess it would be be naive to say that there's a single cause for a recession, but generally speaking, if you wanted to put an umbrella over it, it it really does come down to the price of oil because everybody makes money and everybody's a genius and everybody governs well when oil is 100 bucks a barrel, but they don't do so well when it drops down to 40. Yeah. Okay, great. Now, right now, Ontario is booming, yep. and not because of oil at all. That's Somebody right. Else. Well, and this is why the messaging often is from Rob Roach at ATB, who we just got off the phone, and Todd Hirsch, for that matter. He's always talking, they're both always talking about diversifying the economy as much as possible and as quickly as possible, because if your economy relies primarily on a single um, resource like oil, then you are going to go up and down with the price per barrel, and that's what happened. Gotcha. Thank you. Well, thank you for question. listening. Thank you for calling. Alrighty, thank Thanks, you. Eddie. And Hugh's on the phone this afternoon. Hey, Hugh, what's on your mind? Hello, Jalen. How are you? Good. Good. Thank you. What's going on? Oh, uh, I just like to throw in my two cents here. If if we had a, a a government that would get behind us as a country, we shouldn't be importing any energy into this country. We should be exporting it. And there's no excuse not to develop what we've got here when what we're importing from across the world is, as far as I'm concerned on the equivalency of blood diamonds. Um, the workers in Saudi Arabia don't enjoy the same thing we got over here. We do things clean here. We do things right. We pay people the right way. We shouldn't have an energy crisis, no matter what the price of oil, because this country should be entirely self-sufficient. You know, I can't argue with that. Mm-hmm. We should be refining far more oil than we are. If this country just said, okay, you know what, for every 100 cubes of oil we send south, we're going to skim 10 off. <laughs> That, that would solve the problem because then you could take that, that skim, that 10% off their 100, and if you re- refine that oil and store it here, it would be as good or better than gold, and you could control the commodity price because you have the fluid to back it up, and that would solve it all. We could go to that uh, pipeline down here right by uh, 101st Street, cut a pee in and start refining next week. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that would agree with you 100%. Hugh, thanks for the phone call. Have a good day. Take it easy. It's 3.54 in the 6.30 chat afternoon news. Don't know what we did. But a lot of you are really ticked off. A lot of you are fired up about how we do uh, radio here at 6.30. Chad, many many of you telling us exactly uh, how we should ask our questions or when we should stop a guest from talking or whose phone calls we should take or what our political bend should be. Or something. Yeah. I'm surprised nobody's mentioned I'm chewing gum. <laughs> it's also a no-no. I've obviously gotten much better at it. But, uh, man, you okay. Know, and, yet, and here's part of it. Mm. When we, as, when you hear two voices going at the same time, whether it's mm-hmm. you and me talking over each other or you talking over someone or me talking over someone, oftentimes we're trying to get some attention and we're trying to redirect, clarify, to ask another question, to yeah. keep back on track. We can't have... 
phone calls going on for 20 minutes. Well, I would have put Jeff on for another 20, I well, frankly. Yeah, I'm not sure he could have handled The that. thing, not specifically Jeff, but in general terms with a, a caller who's kind of wound up and wants to get their points across, we do want, actually want you to get your points across, but we don't want to have the points go unanswered or we don't want the information to be inaccurate. So if you want to make a point, you want to make three points, we do want to rebut each point as it comes up, as opposed to remembering until the end. It's just not good radio to, at the end of a 20-minute conversation, say, okay, Bob, here is point number one from 18 minutes ago. But, you know, whatever, I'm still learning the craft. Maybe we're doing it wrong. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed right there, but, yeah. We're open to suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, one of us is open to suggestion. <laughs> I enjoy it, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe it's the comedian in me. I just enjoy it. I, I enjoy Jeff's call. For oh, example. I enjoy Jeff's call completely. I would like Jeff to call when you're not here. <laughs> just, you know, because I'm always like, oh, how am I going to cover this four hours? <laughs> Wait a minute. Jeff. <laughs> it's helpful. But you know what? If we've learned nothing else from this afternoon so far, let's let's learn this. We take every call. Now, the only calls we don't take uh, or, or don't get to are the ones where we've got a whole bunch of people holding and we're up against the clock for news headlines. Or, or for example, we had to switch gears to because go we had to a do, guest do the, the hoot with, right. with Todd. If we have a yeah. guest book, something like that, we do have to switch. We're the first ones to, I, I, you know. But, but to sit and, 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 and complain that you're not getting your side... Four nine six zero zero six three. The phone number's there, my friends. It is. That is one thing. Listen, that is one thing I will say over the years has kind of irked me a little bit is where people say, well, you didn't take any calls from the other side of that. Well, you have to call, though. We'll take the call. We, we don't scream. You know, half the time, to be honest with you, we don't even know what it is you're about to say. It's, it's not like we go, okay, we need four pro oil calls mm-hmm. and three. We don't even know what you're going to no. say. So you yeah. drive that, folks. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys are the drivers for that, and we'll take your calls. And we're, honestly, I was going to say, I kick myself, as you do too, I'm sure, Jill and I, when you put together a show the day before, the week before, whatever, and so you've scheduled a guest, right? And then you get this topic that catches fire, mm-hmm. and you realize, oh, we get the guest booked, right? And it's not that we don't love our guest and want the guest and we think it's an important guest. We're the first ones to go, oh, I wish we had... And we've done it, actually. We've pushed we've guests yep. and said, you know, this one's really taken off. We need to push you up to the top of the hour or whatever. But we know Rob and um, Todd, they're both on a schedule, and that's the time they're available to talk to us. So The 4 o'clock news with Eileen Bell is coming up on the other side. We'll check your market numbers. Plus, Morley Scott checks in with a look at sports. Stick around. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.